Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I am Sidik, the host of Convert Central, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. We focus on the challenges that Muslim converts face along their conversion journey to help Muslims from all backgrounds to find a strong foothold in Islam. Reach out to us through our Instagram and LinkedIn pages at Convert Central, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, we are on our first episode of our Season 3 of Convert Central. So Season 3, as mentioned, you know, in our previous few podcasts, it hosts many, many exciting series. And we are starting off Season 3 with a very, very special person to our Converts community, Brother Imran Kuna, who is the President of Darul Akam. So the reason why we have gotten him onto this podcast is also to commemorate our collaboration with Darul Akam. This year, uh, we have managed to collaborate in, with Darul Akam for our events. They are supporting us in terms of our podcast as well, as well as a lot of guidance coming from the management of Darul Akam as well as the Asatizas at Darul Akam. So, Alhamdulillah, I'm extremely pleased to introduce Brother Imran Kuna, who is the current president of Darul Akam. He is also an Indian Muslim. I'll not take any more time from him. Okay, I'll pass the time now to Brother Imran to share his story. Brother Imran, please. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Let me start off with what is Islam all about in my life. I come from a very staunch Hindu family who believes very highly about the religion that they practice. And at a very young age, I was exposed to the Muslim arena. Why I say so, that is because my dad used to work partner with a Muslim company. So I've always been part of Hari Raya, you know, um, going to see people and all this. But never once in my mind did I actually think that Islam itself, I didn't even know it was Islam. It was like, I just know they are Muslim people. They go to mosques to pray and that they celebrate Hari Raya. That was about it. But as I was growing, I think I was like 15, 16 and all, I started to ponder about who is God. So when I was starting to search, I realized that I was not getting any answers. So I went into Methodist church. I took part in Christian activities to see whether that will work and so on and so forth. But never did I actually thought of Islam at all. It was later in my years when I was in India, I was on a pilgrimage that I came across a mosque where they told us that you got to pay respect to the mosque before you go and pray to your Indian God. So that, that got me a bit confused. And I asked them, I said, why is that so? I mean, I don't understand. And they say that, you know, you have to pay respect to this particular mosque because the king of that mosque helped the God in, in, in a battle and so on and so forth. So I was very confused. I came down and I stepped near the stream and I was asking myself, all these years, what have I been doing? I'm still lost, you know. I, I can't find that one God. Who are you? Who are you? And all. So a person walked past by me and told me, why are you so confused and sitting down here, boy? He asked me. So I say, I'm very confused. I just want to see God. And I thought this is God only to realize that, you know, I have my confusion. So he told me a word. He said, one day you will be guided by God to the direction that you need to go. And definitely this is not the direction. That's all he told me. So I came back to Singapore many years after that, nothing really happened. And every time when I go through a challenge, I had nobody to talk to. I just talked myself out of it. I never really took interest in uh, Muslims until that point when I saw what they were doing in the month of Ramadan in the office space. The more I wanted to help them, so I went to the mosque, I lined up secretly because it's not easy to find out an Indian Muslim, you know, whether you're a convert or an Indian or an Indian Muslim, right? So I went in to help to take the porridge. So there's one time during lunch hour, I didn't really realize I went there and suddenly it was the azan. So I thought, never mind the azan. I know the Muslims will pray. I'm not going to be um, disturbing them. So what happened was I actually crossed their path. 
and they saw me and they, they just uh, you know the brothers came me and say come come let's go and pray together not realizing that i'm a hindu and this happened in masjid chulia you know i quickly just followed them i went and sat with them and he, they started praying i had absolutely no idea what to do so i told myself i'll just keep quiet i'll just do what they do and follow it so when they started to pray i just sit down and then when they woke up there was this guy in front of me i think he was the imam and the imam says okay allahu akbar wondering i said i better say the same thing and do and i didn't realize i'm supposed to be quiet because it's zohor right so i went and shout allahu akbar but of course people didn't say anything lah so i knew already okay don't do anything let people do then you follow at the fourth rakat when i went down to sujood i that particular feeling changed me you know i felt one kind of feeling a coolness kind of feeling that i could not explain i knew that something was happening there to me so after that was done i was about to leave the imam called me and said you are a hindu right i said how did he know nobody knew what he said no brother you are wearing a earring you are wearing bracelet and you are wearing a ring of course i know you are a hindu you know i said i'm so sorry i i i you know i did this and that I, but i just found some peace you know i was so, it was so nice to do sujood you are putting your head not knowing who is in front of you you know so he told me why don't you go to dalwar kam the muslim convoy association go and learn there of course i didn't go there you know i was just not ready for it it took me a while i think a few years later of getting into a lot of problems a lot of challenges ups and downs i didn't know where where to go what to do then i decided okay i will go down to habib no i mean you know where habib no right because a lot of hindus also go there so i went there i went there and i said one thing i said look i don't know who you are and what i'm doing here but i just want to ask you one thing if this is the direction that some 10 years ago someone told me then please show me the way the next thing i know i had a dream and the dream actually showed me directions a big desert a man came over to me and he hold me tight so the next following day i went straight to darwarkam i went to darwarkam i felt very afraid then i said i'm not going to come and just accept something without really knowing the, the the fact that whether this is it or not because i've read about christianity i've read about uh hinduism i know hinduism well and i started learning in 2007 took me a while quietly i did it until 2009 then i told myself i'm ready i embrace islam in 2010 the moment i embrace islam my parents didn't know about it i just told them briefly they thought i was joking they thought as a muslim i mean as a hindu i will hold the religion only to realize that i became a muslim now what happened was they stopped talking to me they didn't even invite me to the house i was practically out of the house i had a car of course and i was sleeping in my car and sometimes sleep in the bus stop because it was so difficult for them to accept the fact that their son the eldest was so staunch i used to carry you know all the kabaddi uh, the tanki you name it i've done it la fire walking all this how can you end up becoming a muslim you know they couldn't understand the logic let the lone all your hindu friends your non muslim friends start to move away from you because they look at you and say what of all this religion you got to select this religion the religion of terrorism so i was like what terrorism also you're going to have long beards la you're going to walk around with a long dress and all this is how they made a mockery and fair enough i was losing everything i lost my home i lost my marriage i lost money i was doing very well before as a muslim everything i was in the streets and this was in 2010 and i didn't know where to go the only place i knew that i can go to was darwarkam 
So I went there, I went for classes, I attended a couple of classes, I asked people a lot of questions. Some of them gave me good answers, some of them could not give me answers. But that's only for a while. They were so happy, mashallah, well done brother, you have come to Islam. After this, after that, when Dalwar come closes, uh, that's it, all your options close, you're back alone. And if you look at the car park in, in the night, right, it's so dark, you walk alone, you're like, you're alone. So I started to feel that, have I made a mistake? Have I done something rash? that I did not consider, but cannot be. I studied about the religion for three years. So thing got worse. I lost my job. I was getting really, really uh, disrupted. And I asked myself, where is this going to bring me? What should I do? Should I just revert back everything back to square one? But I know that I cannot do that because why? Because I believe there is Allah and that he will never forsaken me because he loves me. Then I read, I read about Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam. You know, when, when in Darul, they have classes like walking with the Prophet, every Prophet. And at that time, I, I used to listen to Musti Mengs, some scholars, they are, they are, they are, you know, they are Sira of the Prophets and all. When I came across this particular portion where Nabi Ibrahim was about to go into the fire, and when the wind, the fire itself, even the, the sky, even the, the angel said, please tell us, we will help you. We will do whatever, we, you just have to tell us. And Nabi Ibrahim says, no. Allah alone is sufficient. Allah alone is sufficient. And he went through and he came out. Now that particular word, Allah alone is sufficient, at that moment of time, I didn't understand much. But I did believe in this word called inshallah. So I told myself, it's okay. I believe in Allah. Life goes on. As time was going by, I got married. And then one day my mother calls me. It was a, it's the best moment of life. I just got married and all, you know. So I thought, okay, I got into photography and all this. So I was taking photo of Moses and all this. Luck. So it came to a point when I was in JB. It was Eve of Christmas, 24 December. It was Eve of Christmas. So we went to this taxi stand. We took a taxi. Once I reached my sister's house, I got out from the left. My wife got out from the right because all my family members were waiting to welcome us. So we ran to them. We hugged, we cried and all. Half an hour later, my mother said, come, come, all get together. I said, don't worry, I've got the camera. Let us take a photo together. Then I realized that the, the camera wasn't there. I left the camera inside the cab. Guess what happened? My wife looked at me. I look at my wife. Because you see, Indian family, they have this, this superstition. When everything is good, suddenly something goes wrong. It's like a jinx, you know. So I asked my father for the khaki. I said, can you please give me? I ran out of the house. My wife asked me, why are you running out? I said, I cannot do this. If this camera is lost and they know and they feel that, you know, it's such a wonderful occasion. I cannot afford to have this sadness coming in and, and you know, making it worse for us. So I drove and I just drove all the way back to the place that I took the cab. So when I reached that place, in my heart, I just felt one thing. Ya Allah, no matter what, this is a rezeki from you. And this is a moment I have that is going to be so happy because my family and I are going to come back together. Please don't, don't take this happiness away from me. I still believe in you. Inshallah, I will find it. So I reached the, the, the particular place and the guy asked me, what is it? I said, just now I took a cab. He said, do you know this is Christmas Eve? Thousands of people take cab from here. How do you remember who you take? I said, I took the cab. He asked me for the cab number. I said, I don't know. So while I was talking with him, his colleague on the site was on the phone. Now, this is where the beautiful thing happened. 
while he was talking on the phone the guy on the other side of the phone overheard this argument that i was having with this guy so the the, the other friend told me bang you wait you know i just sat down there and i kept on praying i told allah one thing only my family is waiting there more importantly i left my wife alone i don't even know what is happening there because they know my camera is lost i've taken the key of my father's car and i've come all the way here a father who i've never spoken for the last 2 or 3 years so the guy comes there about an hour later goes into the trailer and he comes out with the camera i just fell on his leg and i cried so he called me up i said thank you so much so i hold the camera i gave him money he said no it's okay so i asked him a question how did you know what is the probability how did you i mean did you did you take it or whatever he remembered when i got into the cab he remembered me saying assalamu alaikum right so he turned and saw me he saw me with the camera so he knew the camera was mine and he made he made this thing in his mind that you know this was a muan love who came inside my cab spoke to me about islam i hope that the guy gets this back because he doesn't know who i am so you see allah planted you know when i came back home and that my when I, my wife saw me my wife broke down because on my way back i was saying allahu akbar allah because i never asked for anybody else for help allah alone right so until today i've had so much of challenges in my life so many uh, situations where i felt alone i talked to 786 i called the number and i talked to until today my phone you can see allah 786 So the challenges has not only taught me that in life God is of course only one, but the question is whether you communicate with Him alone or not. So that that made me grow. So as the years were going up, every instance of my life when something goes wrong, sometimes as human I break down, I get angry, I ask for Allah's help, things don't come up, right? He takes it delays, it delays. Sometimes it doesn't even come. but i keep on using this word allah alone is sufficient he is all knowing he knows what is important for me the emotional battle that we grow through inside our heart nobody will be able to understand so what is the point of talking to people about it right but then again when something happens wonderful miracle happens like what i've just shared with you this story many of them will say it's not possible how can that happen to you when it doesn't happen to me so that's an emotional battle that convert you know go through so i have to talk to myself and every time when i do something i put my intention that i always want to do good i do it for allah so it came to a point as i was getting into darlar kam into all the things that you know activities and all i realized that i find a lot of calmness happiness contentment when ramadan comes in you know why because it's like you and allah that's it there's no shaitan right there is no interference from the the fact that you know you want to have any negativity in your mind so i put my heart to allah and i cry to him i cry to him i said i make mistakes there are opportunities that you give me there are things you give me more than what i expect but i will still fail or i will still screw things up but you know that you are the only one i have so i continue and i will tell you it's been like 10 11 years in these years if there's one thing that i have learned we are the ambassadors of allah if anyone wants to believe in islam is through the people who are called muslims that's why you look at the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and i realized that it's a trigger effect and i also realized that how i behave how i do things in the name of the religion 
is how my family is going to value me my daughter starts to learn about the religion my mother respects me when she puts food she says this is halal i don't even tell them they even ask me at times can you please pray for us or not can you pray for your child or not can you pray this or not because they see that i don't take the religion for granted in terms of loss i have not lost a lot but i have so much to gain that's why today when allah escalated me to this level from a nobody a person who had no entity no body knew about imran guna when he came to islam today allah has escalated me to this level i should not feel proud i should feel humble to say that my responsibility in this deen has now increased i should be sharing what i have gone through to people and tell and inspire them that after the waves there will be calmness there will be victory there will be success so today do i still have challenges i do we know for a fact that it is an opportunity look around you how many how many mo- moments of your life do you really hear convert stories where the success is being heard challenges when they have challenges there is no one to hold us when we go through challenges we go through alone why because allah wants us to talk to him alone because he chose us he is the one who chose us he brought us to the religion we embrace it when we've got a problem we talk to him and when we do that and i can tell you brothers and sisters when we do that when we look back we will be so happy that we went through all this because allah loves us so much never give up because allah is most sufficient and allah is all knowing he is the greatest planner and he has planned for you the greatest that he wants to give you inshallah if we have this kind of conviction in our mind no matter how great a problem will be you will still find peace in your mind and soul inshallah thank you brother imran for sharing your story with us was a very inspiring story and i'm very happy to know that you put through your challenges you know and this lessons that you have taken away from your challenges and your experiences have allowed you to be a beacon of guidance for us converts in the converts community even though it was just some pockets of your experiences that we shared in your lives i think the lessons that we can take away from them we can actually carry with us for the rest of our lives so trust in allah knowing that allah is the one that hears all knows all and has planned out everything for us i think it's something that us converts it's really such a big difference from uh, our previous lifestyle where we actually most of us ascribed our our success and our power to ourselves so thank you for sharing with us how you actually transferred the attribute of power from yourself back to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your journey as a convert so inshallah we will see you in the next episode which will be released this friday you know talking about what arkam is doing for the converts and inshallah how convert center can aid in the process we will end the podcast here with tasbih kafara and surah al-asr subhanaka allahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik bismillahirrahmanirrahim wal asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu s-salihati wa tawassaw bil haqqi wa tawassaw bis-sabr assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh